Hey everybody, welcome to episode 138 of For the Love of Guns. Today we're going to talk a little politics, a little gun control, but we're going to do it with a different spin. We're going to talk about it with Andy Wood. Now he is from Australia and I'm going to show you that the problems we have here in the U.S., the same problems they have in other countries. Now, Andy Wood, it's been about two years since Andy was on. He was back in like episode 45-ish. Um, and it's great to have him back on. It's been a while since I've talked to him. And we're going to have a lot of fun with this one. And we're going to make you think. Now, you're probably wondering, if you're watching on YouTube, you're probably wondering, why is Jason wearing a shoulder holster? I'm wearing it because this is the D905 from my friends over at Falco. I really love Falco holsters. And yes, I actually do wear this. I was out shopping today. It's, it was minus 37 this morning. And this was my setup. I have the D905. I have my Beretta 92 in this thing with the counterbalance with a couple of mags. Falco makes really great holsters. And I love this holster. You get the nice leather on the, on the uh, shoulder straps here, and I got Kydex on either side. So this is a little different because we're using some Kydex and some leather, and it just works. Go check out Falco Holsters. I have a link down below because they can make a holster for any gun, every budget, without sacrificing quality. If you use the checkout code BANSHEE, you'll save 10%. Now, ammo prices are going crazy. So we need to go through and take a look at our ammo. Well, if you had bought your ammo with ammo squared, you'd be protected because what happens is when ammo prices go up, you can actually sell ammo back. You use it as an investment. We're gun people. We need to start thinking a little different about how we do things. And buying through ammo squared makes sense because you're never like locked in. I mean, you know, I look on my my bench over there, maybe I have a little too much 9mm and I need some, well, 223. I can actually trade it and get some 223 instead of the 9mm that I have sitting in my account over there. Go check out Ammo Squared. I have a link down below. Now it's time to talk to Andy. Andy, tell me about your love of guns. Uh, my name's Andy Wood. Um, I live in rural New South Wales in Australia. And um, I'm a, a former high school music teacher, and now I work full-time in politics for Robert Borzak, who's the leader of the Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party in, uh, in the New South Wales uh, Parliament, which is the state legislature for, for those people in America. And, uh, <laughs> and the two members in our party uh, are in the upper house, sort of like the Senate. Well, it's kind of funny when we think about that. We have different terms, but it's really kind of the same thing, right? Oh, uh, you guys, definitely. I mean, we have our state legislatures and and all that stuff, and yeah, you know, we have the same thing when um, when I have uh, Canadians come on. You know, it's kind of it's kind of the same, but we just have different words. But it's all still the same thing. It's and and the sad thing is, is it's always politics, regardless. Um, yeah. Now, yeah. it's been. Two years since you've been on the podcast last. I mean, you were on like episode like in the 40s, and this is now the high yeah. 130s. Um, okay, and it's it's changed. It's funny. In two years, you've you've made that move from mm. the education sector into the politics. You were kind of pushing that way back then, but oh, definitely. what fi what finally pushed you over the edge to go into working for a political party? 
Well, um, to sort of clarify things, I um, I was already I'd already campaigned as a candidate a couple of different times. I was yep. already an active uh, volunteer for uh, by elections, and I'm not sure if I'd been elected as a uh, as a, a local councillor yet. Um, so I'm a member of the town council, but I am now. Um, and so, geez, it's been almost up on two years. Um, so I'd, I'd been connected with uh, with Shooters, Fishers and Farmers for, was it for two elections? No, it had been one one state election and coming up on the, on the local government election. Um, and... That was for a number of reasons. Um, the first one was our, our rifle range was shut down for Santa Fire. We're still fighting that. Um, we're very much close to that now. But um, it was sort of uh, an obvious thing. Um, and when when I first um, like was a candidate for them in, in my local electorate, um, they needed someone like they're they're always after uh, someone to to be to good candidates. And I, I just looked through all of the the policies, they were all things I agreed with anyway, but the um, the overarching one that was, was good was that all of their policies and everything else aside of firearms, which, of course, are obvious ones, um, uh, were based on empirical data, weren't knee-jerk solutions, um, yeah. and, you know, uh, sort of centre-right, if you will, like it sort of... Closer to conservative, not completely conservative. Um, you know, we still believe in you know public education and and um, uh, healthcare and 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 that sort of thing, which is sort of a, a baseline for for Australian um, uh, politics or Australian government sector. But you know, um, I, I found myself in that wheelhouse pretty quickly because um, our party caters to to rural New South Wales. And um, and it also, you know, obviously the guns and, and and all that sort of thing. It just made sense for me to be, you know, in this party because nobody just, else. And it's kind of funny because like, here in the states, we are so married to a two-party system. Um, mm -hmm. And what's sad is when you look when you look under the hood, they're they're, they're basically the same party. Um, they just you know, slightly uh, publicly, they look here, you know, this looks here that in the background, it's all the same thing. They're all, they're all doing their backroom deals and all that stuff. And then you get people like me who don't, you know, I grew up in a very conservative house, um, you know, uh, very Republican and stuff like that. And then, you know, as I got older, I started looking around going, well, yeah, that's great. But I, I know I'm definitely not on the left. I've got to be somewhere else, right? And for me, you know, a lot of people would call me libertarian because really my whole thing is is that I really don't care. Just don't make me pay for it, right? If you if you want to do XYZ, I don't care as long as it doesn't you know, don't ask me to pay for it. Um I, I I'm very much a uh, you know, for the outdoors, you know, obviously firearms is a very big, it's been a very big in my family, at least my immediate family, my extended family, not so much. Uh, we grew up with guns. So it's just, it, it's fun to sit there and talk to people that have 
things, you know, other views. We have a similar thing about firearms, but then they have some other views around that. Um, do you have so, some of that in Australia? Because, you know, for us, we hear Australia. Australia got gun control right. And when you were here last time, we talked about your NFA, um, which is completely different than our NFA, because uh, you were talking about the National Firearms Agreement. It's not even an just, act or a law. It was an agreement. And yeah. they kind of just held everybody hostage with that thing. Um, Thank you. They, they basically, John Howard, who was the Prime Minister at the time, said, uh, either you play along with this or you won't get the, the funding from the federal government, which is just it really in so many ways is practically unconstitutional. But... But I mean, like they they killed. See, uh, was it two? Th was it uh, nineteen ninety eight? He came in and introduced what they call a, a goods and services tax, and they knocked out. They they made an agreement that they'd knock out a lot of the state taxes in order to do that. And so then, the federal government controls all the funding, don't they? Oh yeah. So yeah, you know, they centralized it. <laughs> yep, that's right. Um, and. So they're they're still trying, like the the states still have things like, uh, oh, what's it called, stamp duty on um, home loans, uh, and and you know when you transfer car ownership that has stamp duty, and there's other, there's other little fees and that sort of thing, but you know the federal government has the power to, to hold the the states hostage on funding if they really want to, and um, it was a. Uh, it, it was absolutely a, a crime of opportunity. I'm going to call when the um, when the prime minister made people, you know, implement these new gun laws in in '96. And so the GST must have been before that. So might have been '96 as well, but earlier in the year. Anyway, um, uh, but but they didn't like. Uh, people say to me, um, you know, do our gun laws work? Well. Uh, not really. Um, the firearms registry is broken, um, and it's uh, it's it's just a, a way of of weaponizing the laws against people who do the right thing. And um, the the two things they got right out of the gun laws were safe storage. So that means it's harder for you know for kids or unlicensed mm -hmm. un un people, people, right? And the other one was the was sort of safety checks and background checks. Um, that you know that has helped a lot, but you know uh, we're we're seeing more and more in um, in the state that uh, at, at least here that the police are just looking for reasons to either not renew people's gun licenses or stop them from getting them in the first place. There's about a quarter of a million people here in New South Wales that have firearms licences, and um, and they don't want that number to get up. Um, and uh, there have been, I think, two incidents. One related to um, to domestic violence and family court, and that was in uh, was it 2018 or 2019. Uh, where a bloke in the midst of a custody battle who was a nasty piece of work was given a what's called a, a commissioner's permit. Um, and uh, after two pistol clubs had said, we don't think he's legit and we're not letting him in, 
So I went to the registry and they gave him a commissioner's permit, which I've never seen before. And so he was taken on by another club because basically they had to. And uh, once he got his pistol, he went, he shot his two kids and he shot himself. And then a couple of months later, his wife committed suicide because she had nothing else to live for, his ex-wife. But he'd been in, yeah. in marriages before and been, a you know, a violent mongrel in those as well. So so that was one. And then the second one was a, a bloke uh, who had mental health issues, uh, handed in his licence. Uh, they went through all the things, got him checked by a clinical psychologist and handed it back and then he shot his son and himself because he was, yeah, obviously had mental health See, problems. But that means now they're paranoid. And so they just want to take licenses off. And that just kind of proves that you guys have the same problems we do, right? Um, yeah. Mental health is, is a problem. It, it, it's a problem. We need to deal with it. Um, and then, I mean, no no amount of laws can really stop something, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. if somebody wants to commit a murder, they're going to figure out it, it they're going to figure out what how to do it. It's good yeah. if they can't do it with a gun, it's going to be with a car, a truck, uh, a knife, a bow, whatever they'll, they'll figure it out, yeah. right? Tons of, um, tons of normal, like, stabbing murders here in Australia, I can tell you. Yeah, I, so it and it's kind of it, it that's why that's why I love talking with people in other countries because we have. I mean, you know, in Australia, you have states. We have states, right? I mean, it, we we have some, uh, the, like I said before, we have some similar terminologies. Our governments are kind of the same, right? When I mean, we have different, uh, we have different ways of doing things. But when we come down to firearms, it, we we boil the stuff down to what matters to us. It doesn't matter. It's still the same. We still have the same problems, mm. you know. Yeah. How do we, you know, you know, here, here in the States, uh, one of the big thing in um, the, uh, the left-leaning states is what we call red flag laws. Yeah. And what a red, yeah, the red flag law is that is, you know, the, the police will come and take your firearms from you because you are a danger to yourself, a danger to whatever. On the surface, on the surface, it's, it's like, okay, I, I get that. Um, it creates kind of a constitutional pro uh, problem for us here in the United States. Yeah, I get mean, where you're going with it. Yeah. But on the other side is, is how do you keep that from becoming weaponized? Oh, it immediately becomes weaponized. This is the problem. Yeah. It's become weaponized here in Australia. Um, they're using it against, um, against veterans and against uh, retired police officers. We see this continually. Um, uh, there's one bloke I know who uh, left Vietnam in 71, came back, joined pistol clubs, uh, no, rifle clubs, and uh, and has been a president of his rifle club and, and has done all sorts of wonderful things in in that sector, even training, um, you know, SWAT teams and that sort of stuff. And uh, he went to renew his licence and there's a thing called a veteran's gold card, which is like a, a concession card. And you get that if you were medically retired or, or if um, you're over a certain age and, and he's like 73 or 74. And um, and they just said, uh, you now you have to get a letter from your doctor and a letter from a clinical psychologist. And they turned up one day, took all of his guns. Um, and, and he said to me, I feel like 
when I came home in 71 and they spat on me in the airport. Yeah. You know, and I, I, and, I can see that. And he's far from the only person that, that is, is copying this, you know. I heard about another guy who's got an extensive 303 collection, longest-serving Vietnam uh, vet in the Army, only retired three or four years ago. Again, went to renew his licence with his veteran's gold card. Kane got all his guns. He's got to go to a clinical psychologist. You know, he's got PTSD, but he's not a risk to anyone. So Yeah, and that's the thing. That's one of the problems we have is that we've created, you know, I don't say we, the politicians have created this, this environment, right? That it's now you're getting to the point where people are afraid to say, hey, I have a problem. Oh, yeah. Right? It might be, it might be a small problem, but people are now afraid to talk about this because That's they're right. going to come take away, you know, all these guns, you know, yeah, yeah. They're going to, and that the mental health problems need to be addressed and they don't, they don't need to be addressed with such heavy hands. I, me as a gun owner, I totally want another gun owner. If they're having a problem to get help, I want them to get help yeah. because oh, yeah. for, for us, for us, it's the second, it's a second amendment right for us to have a firearm. I don't want them to lose a right because yeah, because they're sad because their dog died, right? I mean, they're not a they're well, not a risk. They just, or they're breaking up with their wife, right? Or yeah. what you know, or or they've had uh, some sort of significant event in their life, or or just because for so many farmers, they're in the middle of a drought, or you know things are really tough on the land. You know, and those are the guys. I have to say, the the suicide rate amongst farmers in hard times is significant, um, and it's hard enough to get them to go and see somebody anyway. Um, and then they find out, oh, but if you are, you know, a bit sick in the head, then everyone's going to come get your guns, and they need yeah. guns. That's part of their part of their job. That's that's yeah, exactly. That is that's definitely a tool of their job. Right. Yeah. Um, that's and that's, you know, I, it's funny because I remember, you know, I'm old enough. I remember this. But, you know, I remember back in the 80s where we used to have the farm aid concerts to raise mm -hmm. money for, the, you know, the farmers because of the droughts and stuff like that that were going on. Mm -hmm. um, I can only uh, I can only imagine what goes through these people's heads. You know, you have a multi-generational farm. And then. There's a there's a there's a a drought that goes a couple of years. I mean, one year one year of a drought's bad. Go through a couple of years, they could lose a multi generational farm. We had um, eleven drought. Yeah, so droughts in Australia, like we we usually have droughts that last up to five years. There's a uh, a famous poem by Dorothea McKellar, and uh, it goes, "I love a sunburnt country." Uh, of droughts and flooding rains, and that's Australia. So when they talk about climate change, and I'm not going to soften my language here, it's bullshit. There is nothing else that you can think about to describe it. Like we, this is supposed to be the the hottest summer on record, and it has been. We've had some days in the in the mid 30s 
which I suppose is sort of into the early lower 90s in, in um, yep. Fahrenheit. And we've had other days that are in the, the sort of, I don't know, low to mid 20s, which I suppose is what, about 70 degrees or something like that. Yeah, so, so, thir yeah. so 30 degrees Celsius is 86 degrees here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, 25 is 77. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's funny. You, uh, you know, I don't want to go into the whole climate change. That, that's a whole different podcast. But it's it, it's funny when you start looking at, yeah, you know, like you before you were talking about looking at data. I remember as a kid in the seventies, they were talking about the next ice age. Oh. And then in the eighties, they're talking about the next, the next, you know, the, the global warming. It's like, yeah. how do we go from one to the other? There's something happened with the data. And then I, I heard someone talking about this. They go, we started measuring climate at a certain point in, in time. But not very long ago. But not very long ago, and we came out of an ice age. Of course, the Earth is warming. Yeah, that's what it, we've had several ice ages. So we can't we can't say. I mean, do I think that we've done uh, that we're great stewards of of the land and the Earth? No, we that we do some pretty stupid things. Um, but I also don't think that humans are the scur you know the scourge of the Earth either. At the same time. Um, There's more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere because of volcanoes every year than there is um, uh, there is from uh, mankind. And, and countries like the USA and Australia have very strong environmental policy to, to try and, you know, limit the amount of um, uh, pollution that, that's happening. Not that you'd know it from the way that, you know, our, our left-wing <laughs> um, politicians yeah. are going on. Um, and... Uh, it like one of the things that's affecting Australia's um, weather at the moment. It probably doesn't affect. It might affect the West Coast. I don't know. But Tonga had a huge volcanic eruption, and there was a, a stack of water vapor that went into the ionosphere. And so our weather patterns are accordingly changed. Right? Yeah. So we have a super hot September, and our stupid green politicians here. They're they're you know the hard left, um, you know, um, Marxist um, environmentalists, or really they're just Marxist um, party and feminists and all this sort of thing, uh, and, and they said it was global boiling. And so for a whole week we put up with bloody global boiling. They slowed parliament down to an absolute, you know, grinding halt uh, while they, you know when they banged on and on about this in parliament and uh and then so we're going to have the hottest summer on record and then we've had all these mild days and we've had rain oh, i was when we were hunting like this this rain just converged and um you know dumped everywhere we drove through water on the way home um so you just can't you like you, you can't say oh this suits this model what what the Bureau of Meteorology seems to do well in Australia is do good short-term forecasts and do absolutely atrocious modelling. And why is it bad modelling? Because the modelling isn't um, isn't based around the data. The data is turned to make it into the model they want. So yeah. it's, and it's just like, 
You know, as I like to say, I'm the most handsome man in Australia based on a study I did last year. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because I I know the audience is sitting there going, why are you guys talking about this? But it's important for me to understand this because we talked a little bit about about this before we jumped on. And it's, it's statistics are skewed, right? And, yeah. and they can be skewed both directions at the same time, oh, just yeah. depending on who's looking at it. I've always told mm-hmm. my my audience, if someone says a, st- a statistic, ask for the actual data and then do the modeling yourself because you can see how they do things. So, you know, going back into firearms, how this can can handle things like mm-hmm. the biggest, you know, the the the, the left wing here is all about. Um, was it firearms violence? It's 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 gun violence. Well, mm. when you look at the statistics, like gun violence has gone up, you know, in the past three years. I'm like, okay, well, you did shut down an economy, so okay, you you there's more suicides. Oh wait, when did you guys start putting suicide rates into gun violence? So. Yeah. If, gun if you or gun crime, there's yeah, a difference. So call, start, there, there's a total difference. So you start yeah. realizing, okay, they put okay. So now, if someone commits suicide with a firearm, it's gun violence. See, that should so, be gun deaths, not gun violence or gun crime. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if if you if if I also defend myself with my firearm. That's gun violence too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's but, it, it's all about um, it, it's all about creating a narrative. Yeah, one that um, makes so, you look like bad bad man. So, so, um, so last time you were talking, you know, last time you were on two years ago, we were t- we talked about a lot about narrative because of your party. Uh, was mm-hmm. it, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it's it's the 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 hunters fisher uh, guns firearms and- fishers and Shooters, fishers, and farmers party. And farmers. I know it was guns, fishing, and farming. <laughs> I just couldn't yeah. remember the other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. the shooters, fishers, and farmers. And it's great because that's you went down to the core. Your party's yeah, very that's that's the core, and you put it right in your name. This is this that's is our right. thing. Well, and there's people here that say, Oh, well, you know, but don't you find that you you lose votes because shooters is the first word in your name? Uh, and and some of my volunteers in elections have have like sort of they say they have uh, philosophical um, uh, issues with the first word in the party name, but the thing is the core of our voters are licensed firearm owners, right? Um, and so if we took that out, well then that's that actually keeps us accountability to those people, right? When um, people vote for us, they vote knowing that we're always fighting to um, to, to keep firearms accessible to them. And um, if we take that out, then that just makes them like every other um, conservative party who allegedly supports firearms owners, yeah. but at any point could flip and when it's politically expedient and say, oh, no, we shouldn't do that. Um, and 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 drop them in it, just just like you know parties have in the past. Um, there's a party called the National Party. They used to be called the Country Party, and and they they were 
allegedly um, a party that supported rural Australia. But um, they're usually in coalition with the Liberal Party, who aren't liberal, were, used to be conservative, but everything's sort of slightly left of Stalin these days. And, um, yes. and yeah, so, I mean, the Liberal Party these days are cashed up, um, but, like, tons of work policy. Um, a bit like, uh, you know, you, you talk about the, the two parties being the same in, in the USA. Well, then the two big parties, and we did have not exactly a two-party system, but we had the Liberal Party and, and National Party on one side, right, which was technically the Conservative, and that's the party that brought in all the gun laws, surprisingly. And then there's the Labor Party who are, you know, sort of socialist on the other side. But they're all voting, they're all vying for these woke votes, right? Yeah. So they're all going left. A anyway, um, so we haven't changed our name because the core constituency that we have are shooters. They're all the people, they're always the people that vote for us. They're always the people that we're trying to get to vote for us because there's a ton of people that vote for the Liberal Party or the National Party because of where they live or whatever. And... Um, but are keen hunters. And I, I just, I can't work it out because every time, at every chance, those those two parties and the Labor Party, because there are people that are involved in the union movement. I was I was a union member when I was a teacher. And, and they vote for the Labor Party thinking these, you know, equality sort of things uh, will come better for them. Uh, and I just think at every chance... Those three parties will screw you over and kick you to the roadside on gun um, laws. Uh, and yet if you if you vote for us, all of the things that are important to you, so the you know the, the equality stuff, um, uh, property rights and, and you know sort of conservative stuff, we're, we're not um, we're not we're not against a lot of the values that the Labor Party have in terms of, you know, workplace safety and blah, blah, blah. And we're not against, you know, being able to own your, your own business and we support all of that. But what we'll make sure is every time something comes up in Parliament that wants to take your guns, we're going to be, you know, scrapping and fighting until the last moment. And every opportunity that comes up to show that hunting and fishing um, and uh, rural industries inject money into the state like you wouldn't believe we're going to get up and talk about it and push it and push it and push it which is what we've been doing so which you know. which is great i i love that because you know when the united states was was created the mm -hmm. idea was is that would be we would govern at you know at the state level and local level not at the federal level right mm -hmm. but now we've become now we've let the whole federal government kind of run everything and well, look look at the nightmare they created with that. Um, and I love people who are fighting to get that control back down. You know, mm -hmm. get that control back down to where it matters. Because, you know, for us, we we used to we used to we didn't used to elect our representatives to go to Washington. It was actually our state legislatures would send someone to Washington. Okay. So oh, okay. They they wrote a constitutional amendment so that the people could vote for their people for the, for the people going to Washington. The vote is now down to the people. 
the problem we have is that getting someone out of Washington is impossible, right? It, it, to do, to recall someone. But what happened was is before, if somebody went to Washington and did something stupid, you would go to your local legislature and go, I don't agree with this. It's, it's a lot easier for me to vote you out of office than someone out of Washington. So these local legislatures would actually recall someone and send someone else if, if there was something out of whack. Yeah, they were more like delegates. So we would keep we kept that power locally and then we let it go up to the federal. So I'm all for people going back. You know, we, we, I'm a very much a state's rights type of person. I love where you guys are going with this, going, hey, look, um, we got to get this power here. Mm. You know, you're, you're you guys are fighting, you know, at the state level to, you know, to get the stuff, get all that control back away mm. from this overarching monster above us. Mm. And I, I love where you're going with that. Fortunately, like gun laws were always a state thing. Um, if we'd had to fight at a federal level, we'd probably have been screwed. Um, and, and gun laws, like the USA, uh, are different all over Australia. Um, Western Australia is... Uh, desperately horrible, has always been a hard place to hone guns, and their current Labor government um, has controls both the uh, the lower house and the upper house and is about to try and ram through some of the most draconian gun laws you've ever heard of. Um, with, no, with no real justification, they just want to smash people. I mean, in Western Australia, farmers are having to cull wild camels and a, a lot of, like, a lot of feral animals and even someone who's a professional shooter can't get semi-automatic rifles. It's absolute insanity. Um, and and so there are there are some there are some big issues over there. But like um, Queensland has slightly looser laws, although some of their stuff's interesting. They don't have private land hunting. We have private land hunting here in New South Wales on, on state forests. Victoria, they have uh, private land hunting in state forests and in some national parks. Um, although their gun laws are sort of tightening up. Um, South Australia, they're about to ban bow hunting, and they they banned bow hunting in, in Tasmania. Uh, someone was bust. There was like they busted a, they found a, a wallaby with a, a target, target arrow, like target tip arrow in this wallaby. Oh, that was it. It was all evil under the sun, blah, blah, blah. So they banned it. Um, Tasmania's like super green socialist down there. And um, and the, the green movement in Australia came from Tasmania. Uh, the Northern Territory, I think the laws up there are fairly uh, are better, but it, it, it's sort of different. And I hate to say this, and if you're Indigenous, then you get away with more than if you're a white person, and that's a discussion yeah. I'm not going to go into today. Uh, Although that's a yeah, that's yeah, that's it's, a that's a that's a that's a that's a that's a very that would be a very heated discussion and a very uh, that that's a whole that's a whole podcast on its own, maybe several podcasts. Yeah, um, uh, we had a referendum this year for to have um, the indigenous people have a special. Um, have a special delegation to the Prime Minister called a voice um, to Parliament and um, oh, they were absolutely convinced that that was going to go but 
uh, anything you stick in the Constitution once it's in there is a nightmare. And it, yeah. uh, nine times out of ten, uh, constitute like uh, referendums don't pass in Australia. Australians are wary. And um, and it, it failed. And it failed like some of the biggest votes against it were in states where they had, you know, high, the highest percentage of ind Indigenous people. And yet our Labor Socialist government and our national broadcaster and a bunch of other woke organisations are still saying that the majority of people voted yes, which is absolutely wrong based on the referendum outcome, you know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's a, that's a whole other... Like, that I, is, hey, that's another demonstration of how the, you know, sort of this woke attitude just won't give up. It's still the propaganda, yeah. you know. It's so, and, yeah. and, what, and that's the thing. It's, it, that's what exactly what it is. It's yeah. propaganda, and they just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, so, like, here in the United States... No, I'm going to generalize. I'm sorry, everybody. I know I don't like I don't like to generalize, but I am going to generalize here. Um, Jewish people are generally anti-gun. Okay, um, in the religion, murder is like the ultimate sin for for in in the Jewish religion. And I'm not a Jew, and I'm not an expert on it. I might be getting this slightly wrong or just a little off base, but just just I'm sorry. Um, this is this is my um, observations. Mm -hmm. um, there are people uh, that are of the Jewish faith. I, I've had um, Yehuda Remer on the uh, on the podcast. He's very much a pro um, a, a pro to a person. He fights for firearm rights. Uh, was raised, you know, was basically raised in a, in a in a family that guns were just like no. But now we have what's going on in Israel. In the United States, there's now this whole pro-Palestine movement going on where oh. now, now there's a big um, you know, anti-Semitism going on where now these okay. you, 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 people, people can get, get beat up for being Jewish. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know that that happened, but, but there is a, a whole pro-Palestine thing. And... Um, the sort of Labor Socialist left and the Greens, who I said before, are apparently pro-environment but are actually just, you know, nasty communists. Um, <clears throat> they've, they encourage people to go to pro-Palestine rallies and they're wearing, you know, uh, what is it, Liberty for Free Palestine badges on their, you know, on their suits in Parliament. It's just disgusting. They're just pieces of filth. What? They really are. It, 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 it's funny because here it's funny. That, I hate to say it's funny, but it, it's interesting. Again, what I said is what happens here happens elsewhere. Um, you know, we're starting to now see higher than average firearm ownership out of the Jewish community because now these people are they're they're fearing for their life now, right? Mm -hmm. They're fearing for their so. It's funny how we have this, and it's like we have this very pro-Palestine thing. I mean, that for me, I, quite frankly, it's over there. I I don't have a dog in that fight, right? I'm not I'm not Jewish. I'm not you know I'm not from Israel. I'm not from Palestine, and quite frankly, I don't want to send money to go fight another war, or or fight another war for another country. But where we're starting to see this stuff is like 
we're seeing the left going becoming this very pro-Palestine. It's like, okay, do you realize that they cheered when the towers fell in New York City in 9-11? That's right. And you guys are supporting that. Yeah, <laughs> they, uh, yeah. they have this very short memory uh, uh, you know, mm. about things. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the funniest things I've seen, one of the funniest memes is uh, uh, gays for Palestine is like chickens for KFC. <laughs> yes. 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 Right. Um, it's like uh, th this sort of, you know, um, fundamentalist uh, Islamic um, terrorist organisation Uh if, if you're a white person and, and you went in there to go and pat them on the back for what they're doing, they'd take you hostage or they'd murder you straight up. Like, people, people want to judge you. They're not your friend. Way. Yeah. No, no they're, they're almost no one's friend. Um, there's a reason why the uh, all of the Arab states aren't interested in taking Palestinian uh, refugees, and, and that's because of what happened in Jordan and then what happened in Lebanon uh, during the 70s. So, um, and 80s, and has still kept on going with Hezbollah. And, uh, you know, um, it, they're just, uh, and, and what, what's worth, worse with Hamas, as bad as the PLO were, Hamas went in as soon as the, uh, you know, the two-state solution, well, not two-state solution, but the um, Palestinian um, authority took power, and they basically just, they just murdered everyone who was in the PLO and, and took over the place and made it just like, uh, I don't know, um, Afghanistan under the, um, the, not the Jahadin, you know what I'm talking about, but anyway. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's funny, I can't think of it. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so it's, it, it, I, the, I, I hear people that criticise the Israelis and, and I just say, look, uh, the Israelis are asking for people to evacuate before they go into fight, and Hamas is telling them to stay put and threatening them. And um, we get to criticise. Oh, yeah, putting, we, we putting, yeah, they are going to land a rocket. Uh, they're going to have rockets right by a hospital. Yeah, that, that's right. And and we get to criticise Israel when we put our kids on the bus and don't know if they'll get to school safe because a, a suicide bomber might get on, or when when we go to get, you know, something from the milk bar or the supermarket, right, and we have to have an AR strapped over our back just in case, you know, a bunch of gunmen come in. Like, when we're in that state of almost continual siege, then we get to judge Israel, right? And, and remembering that, um, that their descendant, that their uh, ancestors were the ones that were gassed, you know. Yeah. Uh, you get to. We, we just don't even understand this. This sort of. Um, uh, th this sort of uh, system that that they're living in, and and. Uh, um, well, and that's that. You you hit on something really important there. We don't understand what they live in. A no. lot of politics are the same way, regardless of the subject. Um, you know, uh, here in the United States, especially in firearms, we have mm -hmm. politicians, you know, uh, this, this was what, 10 years ago, there was a politician out of Colorado that was all for, Hey, we're going to ban, we're going to, we're going to ban magazines. It was a magazine, uh, ban. We're going to ban these things because once you use them up, they're no good. I could put more bullets 
in a magazine. She was thinking the magazine was the bullet. <laughs> so we're just not going to lie by having any more magazines because once you use them up, then the gun's no good. It's like yeah. you're, you're arguing something you you don't understand. You're, you're totally like, arguing something you don't understand. Like fully semi-automatic assault rifles. Yeah, fully semi-automatic. <laughs> that's, you it. know... Uh, yeah, that that is that is a meme that is still funny because when somebody says something stupid, it, it, there's always a fully automatic, fully fully semi-automatic comment that comes out. Yeah, that's right. And and there was the was it a member of the press that fired the uh, the AR and it hurt them so much they cried. There was that one. Yes. Uh, there was. Uh, what was the one? It was like fired fifty caliber things, a million of them in oh. in a second. Well, yeah, Joe, Bi Joe Biden said, was it, uh, nobody, uh, nobody needs a, a 30, a 30, was it a 30 chambered gun? No, <laughs> it was, it was a different one. It was, uh, it wasn't Maxine Waters. Uh, it was another lady, uh, who, who said it. Um, and you know, it was, it was clear that, you know, completely ignorant, completely no knowledge of guns whatsoever. Just, uh, yeah. It, you know, it's just just craziness, but but I mean, people often say to me, "Oh, the America's broken; they should have more gun laws." And I say, "No, no, there's plenty of gun laws in America." Um, well, we just we need to enforce. Like, I, I had a couple of posts I yeah, did. That's the first it's, one. You need more empowerment for the police to do their job. Do their right? jobs. Yeah, don't it's stupid woke policy that doesn't work. They should be investing in training for their police. They should be enforcing the laws. That help those things happen, but I, but at the end of the day, and you can disagree with me or tell tell me wrong, and I'd be interested in your perspective on at least from my view. I personally think the US is lousy with firearms. In other words, there are places where you can get a gun easier than a loaf of bread, and um, there's sort of been a uh, an arms race to the point where criminals feel that they have to have firearms in order to be safe even if it means that when they're on parole if they're busted with a firearm they go straight back into jail because I've, I've seen sort of studies and and um, interviews about this and so in order to resolve that issue um it's it's gone past the who has a gun who shouldn't have a gun uh, where you got get guns from it's it's now a it's now a cultural thing. So, well, so solution, I believe in the long run is is gonna involve an entire change in culture. Um, so I'll, I'll agree with you. I'll agree with you on some of this. So I'm gonna come at this because I was I was a I was a licensed firearms dealer for ten years. So mm -hmm. um, I have very much an a, you know an understanding of how how the federal laws work. And I know I know mm -hmm. my laws here in Montana. Uh, I know some in California because I've had people buy guns from me, and I've had to ship them to California. And California can be challenging. Um, so mm -hmm. the the buying a gun is easier than a loaf of bread. Not quite no, no. true. No, no, not buying a gun, obtaining a gun. Oh, obtaining. So, okay, so no. so there's a diff there's a di there's a total yeah. difference with that. Oh, no, um, no. That's the difference so, between Australia and US. It's actually quite hard to get your hands on a firearm in Australia in most places. In some places, you can get illegal firearms relatively easily. 
But in the USA, coming across illegal firearms is not but, as difficult. But I will I will agree with you on a cultural change. We've had a cultural change that has created this problem. Yeah. When yeah, yeah. when well, I was when I was a kid growing up, uh, you know, I started shooting what when I was uh, when I was ten. Mm -hmm. um, I started learning firearm safety when I was seven. You know, I started learning through um, air, you know, air guns and stuff like that. When I was ten is when I was. I, I mean, I was shooting trap when I was ten. Um, mm -hmm. I had my I had my own shotgun when I was ten. Mm -hmm. There were no gun safes in our house, so this is you know the the uh, late seventies early eighties. There were no gun safes in our house at all. Period. Uh, we knew where the loaded guns are. My sister and I knew where the, lo which, you know, it, the, the loaded pistol was a Smith and Wesson model 59. It was in dad's nightstand. We knew it was there. It was loaded round in the chamber, everything. The gun was in a holster, a leather holster. We knew it. We knew where all the ammo was for all the guns. Not once would it have ever come across our, our mind to go grab one and go shoot up a school. At all, period. Um, I knew, and the thing was, is I knew other houses were ex that were exactly like ours. I've been in them. I knew them. This was never a problem, and we had we had some type of cultural um, cultural shift. Now, going forward as an adult, there's multiple gun safes in this house. Yeah, like one, right? There, there's multiple gun safes in this house. There's, I can think of right now. Um, there's three guns that are not in the safe. Uh, one is because the two of us were talking about a holster before I started the podcast, <laughs> and that and that's right there. Um, yeah. The other one, the other one is my everyday carry that is currently upstairs with my car keys because right now I am not carrying. Um, mm -hmm. But it's also it's out of it's out of sight, and then um, the the third one is actually right here because I was working on it before we started the podcast. Oh, okay, and that's a lower. Um, that is a, that is a lower. Um, so, yeah, yeah, so that's an AR fifteen. Um, I just I just sir coded this yesterday. This is this is for a uh, a video that I'm a video series that I'm trying to I'm trying to get together right now. Is it but difficult? Anyways, what's that? Is it difficult to sir code? No. So uh, there are there are well, there's techniques to it. So um, you need you need to understand, and I, I've screwed up several guns learning. I you know, but when you screw when you screw up after it dries, you know it's screwed up. You sandblast it, and then you just do it again. It's, it, it, I mean, it's it's not hard. It's not hard to recover from it. But once you screw up, the whole gun needs to be refinished. Um, but no, it's not hard. You need to understand how to use a spray gun. You got to understand how Cerakote flows through that gun, and the you know and the controls of the of the spray gun. But really. When you're when you're spraying this, it is up. You're, you're doing you're driving it, so it's on a forty five degree angle. It's up. Turn a little bit down. Turn a little bit up, and you're just doing this on paths. Mm -hmm. 
you start on the insides because they're the hardest parts with a very narrow fan and stuff like that. You, you're doing like little sprays to get the insides. But after that, the rest of it, you once you get into a rhythm, yeah. you not, you knock it out pretty quick. Like oh, the right, surcoat okay. for this lower, I don't know, probably took me about five minutes to spray. Oh, nice. So, uh, but no, it's not, it's not hard. But yeah, um, as an adult, I have very much a different philosophy of firearm safety than I, than I grew up with. But I think that also matured with what happens in society. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I, there is a societal, uh, societal shift that happened that we now have certain things that are not right. And That's it. That's uh, it. Last year, I had the, the Liberal Gun Club on. So they are liberals here in the United States that are firearm owners. Um, I, I know several liberals that are, are firearms. That's why at the beginning, I was like, we have all these different parties, but it's nice when we can come together on an issue. Um, I had uh, Lara on. Amazing person to talk to because she's very much a liberal. but And she lives in California. Right, and okay. she loves her and she loves her AR15. Makes no arguments about it. Loves her AR15. And yet she manages um, to reconcile liberal pol uh, politics with Well, that's interesting. Yeah. That'd be interesting. So it, yeah. it's it's very interesting. Um you know, I when I was at Shot Show last year is where I met her. Um I stopped by their booth and I had a very good discussion with the people at their booth. I always say that two people are never going to agree 100% of the time on everything, right? Mm -hmm. um, there are things there are things that they believe that I don't. There are things I believe that they don't. There mm -hmm. are things we're compatible with, and then there's things that we're a direct match on. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things I've... My philosophy is that we have lost respect for each other. And I yep. think that's where a lot of this stuff has, that's where a lot of our problems is. We've lost respect. Yep. I, I can totally respect these people. I can respect their opinion. I mm -hmm. don't have to agree with it, mm -hmm. but okay, that's fine. Look, we don't agree with this. That's fine. But there are other things we can agree on. That's great. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I I totally agree with you with the society, with society. There's, there, there's a shift in society. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I believe that people need to practice safe firearm storage. Yeah, absolutely. I believe, I believe that there was a time in the United States where we didn't need to do that. Now they didn't need to, and should have done, we probably should have done it, but we didn't mm -hmm. need to because the society, we had respect. We had that respect. See that period black. I was talking about was the same here in Australia in terms of firearm safety. We didn't have constitutional rights. There were things that we couldn't own in the same way. Pistols and handguns were always restricted in a way that you guys don't have them. Uh, we, you know, we didn't have uh, a, we couldn't carry for self defence and that sort of thing. But that that culture of of firearms, in other words, the 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 sense that you were taught by your family and 
um, that those things were, you know, in a certain place and kids didn't go and do things because they knew what was right. That was how it was for the 70s and the 80s and um, I suppose up to the mid-90s. But then, uh, of course, the the momentum towards um, heavily restrictive firearms laws built up and... Um, and after the massacre at uh, Port Arthur, well, it was, it was, as I say, a crime of opportunity. And um, as, as many politicians, uh, some politicians, and I, I, I say by the, I usually say the left, but, but I don't think that's the case anymore. There's, the, uh, there's two types of people. There's the, um, I don't like it, so I won't do it. And then there's the, I don't like it, so no one will do it. And um, yeah. it seems that almost everyone is the is of the the, the latter rather than the former these days. Um, that tends to be from the left, but uh, if beware the politician with conviction. If they're a man of conviction, what they're usually trying to do is convict you of something. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's funny because um, uh, so for me, I don't I. I I am hard on politicians. I am totally hard on politicians. Um, Most people these days, I think. I, I, I think you need to be. Uh, it's not that I'm hard. It's not that I'm hard because they're a politician. I, I had an argument with someone. Um, so this is when uh, Obama went into office, and uh, I was talking to uh, a liberal, um, mm -hmm. somebody, somebody that I knew. I've, I've known him before, and. He was so happy, yo, know, yeah, Obama got in. And I go, you're kind of you're kind of an idiot. And he goes, Well, you're mad that you know you're yeah, I forget. Um, I can't remember whether it was whether it was Obama's re-election or his uh his first election, because you're just mad that the Republican didn't get in office. And I looked at him and go, You do realize that there's more than two parties, <laughs> right? Yeah. And yeah. he's like, and it's so funny because he he kind of vapor locked and he couldn't process that I might not have been a Republican and that I may not have voted Republican. And, um, and I, he's like, well, uh, uh, I go, look, I go, I'm not I, I'm not mad that you're happy that Obama got in. I go, I, I'm happy that you're happy your candidate made it. What makes me mad is that you think a politician is going to solve your problems. It does, and he's like, "What do you mean?" I go, "You can back whatever politician you want. The second that they take power, they are not your friend. It's your job to hold them accountable." That's right. Yeah, that that is the, the case in politics. Um, looking at it from both ends, like we're not part of the opposition and we're not part of the government. We're what's called the crossbench, right? Um, and so as a result of that, particularly when you have a, um, a minority government like we do in New South Wales at the moment, um, the crossbench has a tremendous amount of power. Now, in the lower house, they have some independence uh, and I've got to be careful about what I say here, uh, but they're extremely left-leaning, extremely woke, uh, city-centric uh, politicians, and, and they will basically, 
they're, they're giving the, the Labor Party the votes that they need. Uh, ironically, ironically, the party, like the Labor Party, who are sort of basically socialist, um, you know, union supporting and all that sort of thing, work better with my party and the Liberal National Coalition. And that's because the Liberal no National Coalition um, are heavily anti-gun, uh, don't want to collaborate, and as soon as we didn't do what they wanted us to do, they uh, basically used every opportunity to kick us. Like, and yeah. yeah, so we had 12 years of brutally getting nothing done and and uh, and shooters just getting absolutely hammered in Parliament. Um, uh, but this, you know, the, the, the ability of the crossbench to sort of, I'm not going to, you can't call them allies because the truth is gun owners don't have allies. No one, no, like no one are our friends. They all want to take, almost everyone, unless it has a name shooter in the party, right, or, or, light, or firearms um, party or gun party or whatever it is, unless it has that in the party, no one is accountable. They're, they're not accountable to it, so they are not your friend. They can flip at any time, right? And so we don't have allies. We don't deal do deals. We do, however, make agreements, but they're not even worth the paper they're written on until they actually come to fruition. Yeah, and we've been screwed over before. Um, and so, uh, so there's often. Um, accusations that oh you're um, teaming up with the Labor Greens. Well, the Greens are sort of further left than the Labor Party, and they're the votes that the Labor Party wants to win back because the Labor Party used to get those votes, right? Yeah. But the the generation of of voters that we have now don't they don't vote the same way. Like we're a generation on. And there's a bunch of them that that uh, that vote for the Greens and for another party called the Animal Justice Party, who are hard line, like Peter and um, Voiceless, and you know those sort of organisations. Um, and they've changed their rhetoric on their web page, but they would stop any sort of stock farming. They would make the whole country vegan. They would stop people having pets. Like they would release every animal and let them all live in the free, but they've changed that yeah. rhetoric. That looks bad and it doesn't get them votes. Um, and and so we often get accused of, of teaming up with them, but actually we're, we tend towards the um, conservative side. And if you're in an election and you have preferences to give, you can't preference the people that you're trying to beat. And the people that we're yeah. trying to beat are the people on the right, and and that's the National Party, and and uh, and so you have to take preferences from someone, and it means that at times we direct preferences towards the Labor Party after a bunch of other parties. So there are you know yeah. conservative, like very small parties, and and uh, candidates, um, but it just means that if there's a National Party candidate, then on our preferences they'll be ten. And the Labor Party will be nine, right? Or if it's a Liberal Party candidate, right? Which, as I say, they're the Conservative Party that put in the gun laws. Then they'll be ten, and and the Labor Party will be nine, on the bottom of a whole list of, yeah. of other parties. So, 
Yeah. And um, that's, that's the thing about politics. Politics is not cut and dry, right? Oh, um, no. I mean, and it's all there are there there's compromise everything and that's where a lot of things happen so you know like you were talking uh, about you know where the party that should be for guns put in all the gun control you know here we have a lot of people who vote okay i'm going to vote republican i'm i'm a gun person i'm going to vote republican okay but did you actually research your candidate because there are republicans that are anti gun Oh yeah, just yeah. As there, just as there, as there, there are liberals or Democrats who are pro-gun. Yeah. Um. So oh, you may I, actually be casting a vote against the thing that you want. Yeah, I, I understand how screwed up the like it uh, the the two party system is in in the USA that it's just so factional and like yeah. there's it it blurs and and it depends on which state you're from and um I, I think. You know, there's there's no, it's no secret that the that the West Coast states are just like uh, an yeah. absolute fire at the moment. So, well, so like here in Montana, Californians are despised. Period. I mean, they're just just absolutely despised. Uh, I a guy I worked Evan, with, Evan Newsom, is a piece of trash. So I'll tell you it. I'll have to send you the link to that um, that podcast episode with the Liberal Gun Club because they like I him. Thought, what's that? Do they like him? No, no, they hate Newsom. These are liberals that absolutely hate the guy. Period. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's yeah. it's funny to hear this. Like if you go when I went into their when I went into their web page and then into their forum. If you didn't see Liberal Gun Club on their forum, you would swear that you were in a, you were in a conservative chat. You would swear well, see, that everybody in there is conservative. Yeah, yeah. I right, say I'm not. Um, I'm, I'm not completely surprised because, like within our within our own government, um, there are people who are completely frustrated with other members of cabinet or or other you know uh, elected fish uh, elected members. Um, from the same party, and um, for instance, the conservative. There's basically two parts of of the state Liberal Party. There's the they like to call themselves the the moderates, right? Who again are you know slightly left of Mao Zedong, and um, and then there's the uh, and then there's the conservatives who are what the um, or, or conservatives or, or traditional. Liberals, and they're what the Liberal Party used to be. They're, you know, a, a party much like we see the Republicans, although the Republicans, as you know, are all over the shop these yeah. days, but but it, it that sort of thing. And so they, like the party is in this existential crisis where they're sort of tearing at each other the entire time. Yeah. So you'll have behind, you know, in front of the camera, uh, they're all buddy-buddy, but as soon as oh, the, they... they camera it's you know and yeah. and they are tearing at each other to try and get jobs and and change pre-selections and and that sort of thing it's but it, it's it's very interesting to uh to see that in play so yeah well so this guy moved here from california um you're gonna love that because we're talking about how depending on where you are of of you know a liberal is something different than where 
somewhere else's. He had some very interesting insights um, after he got rid of his California tags and he's been here for a little while. And he, he looked at me, he goes, you know, the way I look at Montana, he goes, Montana Democrats are California Republicans. <laughs> and that hit me. Right? <laughs> it just it absolutely hit me because I, I I guess you think party is a party is a party is a party, right? Mm. And then he goes, Yeah, Montana Democrats are California are a California Republican. And I'm like, that's it. That I never thought about that that way. It's you know, Democrats in Montana are different than than Democrats in California or Oregon or Iowa or anywhere else, right? And it's just funny to think about about things like that. Yeah. That, um, yeah. I, I mean, now there's even in in Montana, there's extreme Republicans and there's extreme Democrats, right? You have you always have the extremes. Um, but yeah, it, it, when he said that, I was like, well, that's interesting. Yeah. That is really interesting to, to think of. Um, I've never thought well, of. I've never thought of that. Happens, yeah, and the same thing happens across states. Like, for instance, the uh, the Labor Party, who's in power in Victoria, um, they were going to sell the port of Melbourne um, to you know, sell it. Maybe sells no. Um, lease the port of Melbourne to the Chinese on Belton Road, and we just went. Are you like? Are you insane? It's bad enough yeah. that the the port of Darwin in the Northern Territory is leased to the Chinese for was it a hundred years or something like that. Like I, you know, I did I didn't know that they 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 leased Darwin out. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah and there's also a, a huge gas um, like L, LPG uh, terminal in Western Australia that's leased out by the by the Chinese as well. And there's a huge um, airstrip in Western Australia that's big enough to land fighter aircraft that's owned by the Chinese as well. Like, it's just beggars. It, it, it's it's funny because we we have similar problems here with the states. <laughs> it's almost the exact same problem here. Absolutely. And the thing is, the, the Labor government in Western Australia and in Victoria are... As, as I like to say, suckling the teat of the red dragon, right? Yeah. And um, and when the last coalition government, so Liberal National Coalition government, uh, were voted out and the, the new Federal Labor Party came in, they were off to China as well too because there was a big, there was a big, um, the, like our the previous government and the Chinese locked horns because of COVID. They wanted an investigation, a proper one by the World yeah. Health Organization, and they were concerned about other things. Um, and so, you know, um, Xi Jinping hated Australia for a while, and there were all these nasty, nasty mean tweaks, as you'll say. Uh, and and then when the, the Labor Party came in, oh, no, let's, let's hold hands again and make it all good, like China's our friend. China's not our friend. I've been to China. I know um, uh, people from the US who are very up on, like, who are polyglots, so they, they speak, you know, quite many languages, understand Chinese 
Um, and they'll watch the, the news and this is an interpreter saying what Xi Jinping's saying or some official, and uh, they'll go, nah, that's not what they're saying at all. Like, you know, the, the propaganda coming out of China and the way that it's spun into the Western media is just staggering. But, well, you know, so uh, the, 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 Chinese... that the, the state government we have in here, the Labor state government here, is a, a right-wing Labor government. So they're still sort of socialist, but yeah. it's more conservative. And, it's, and, and all of the parties are factional. And so thankfully things are a little bit less crazy in New South Wales. But some of the, I mean, some of the most sensible people in the Labor government are still in the left wing, like in the left wing faction. Um, and the observation's been made that uh, in the scheme of things, if you talk to the different politicians in the Labor Party, often they're better people. Often they're nicer, they're, they're, um, they're not users, they're not manipulative. Um, you can have a conversation with them and make agreements. Um, but unfortunately, you put them all together and they're still the Labor Party. So, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, yeah, so, yeah, it's, but, but as I say, that, that idea of being one thing in one state and another thing in another is definitely the case because they're different people and they're having different internal arguments and they have in different, uh, different combined ideals. And then that means when they get into government, they have a different impact on the state. Yeah, because, I mean, if you think about it, Montana is an agricultural state. Mm -hmm. California is an agricultural state. I mean, they, they have a lot of produce that they generate, but they're also they a, a very urban, they're a very urban state. Yeah. Um, and they're fighting to so, ruin their, their agricultural sector, I'm sure. Just like, yeah, you know. But it's just that, uh, it, it, so you think about it, it, it makes, you know, it makes perfect sense that someone would be in a party, but yet have different ideas. I mean, the sheriff mm -hmm. of my county is a Democrat. He's mm -hmm. been there forever, but he's also, um, he, he's very hands off, you know, with the public, unless, unless he needs something, unless, you know, so in Montana for us to get a concealed carry permit in our state constitution, you are going to get a concealed carry permit unless they can prove that you shouldn't have it. So yeah. it's for, for us, it's called shall issued. Um, God, I going in for my, uh, it reminds me, I get in six months, I got to renew mine. <laughs> um, I don't actually don't even need one in Montana anymore, but I still keep it anyway for when I go to other States. But when I go, uh, like when I went to do my, my concealed carry permit, uh, that was, uh, a, 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 a different sheriff back then maybe then her this was all she she didn't care um when leo came in uh the sheriff we have now he's not gonna stand in the way he, he he's just like it, it you know you, you think about the whole national you know gun, it, it, democrats are supposed to be anti-gun he's he's all for gun rights he's not gonna step on that um but yeah, it's it's funny to think about it that way. Um, 
that it doesn't matter. You know, that's why I always come back to that. Two people will never have the same, uh, same ideas, right? They're not going to have the same, they're not going to have the same morals. They're not going to have the same beliefs. Uh, I, I like to say that my politics and my religion are the exact same thing. I'm a Jasonist. I have my beliefs. Do I 100% believe this, you know, this, this party or this religion or whatever? No, it's, it's, it's a mix. I have a base of, of that, but I don't 100% believe it. That someone said to me, oh, that's kind of, you're kind of selfish. You're kind of self-centered. You call yourself a Jasonist. And, um, I go, okay, you're Catholic. He goes, yes. I go, are you a Catholic? Are you, you know, are you, are you truly Catholic? He goes, yes, yes. I go, have you ever used a condom? <laughs> right? And he's just like, well, yes. I go, then are you truly a Catholic? And he's just like, I get it now. I was like, you just take one thing. You're not truly that. You have a very big, stable base of it, but you're not going to believe absolutely every little thing. Well, and and the the the, the only uh, not not wishing to pick too many holes in that argument, but uh, uh, Catholicism as uh, um, how should I put it uh, as a denomination of the Christian Church, yes. like um, you could be a Christian. Right? Nothing in the Bible. Nothing in the Bible that says that there's anything wrong with uh, birth control, right? No. Um, this is, you know, it, it is purely. A, oh, how should I put it? Uh, yeah, it, I, you do. You, it's, do you, it's part, you it's part all of, of the of the Pope? Well, yeah. no, maybe not. But, so um, I, I, that's that's the whole thing. You can still be a Catholic, but uh, you can still be a Christian, right? But not have the belief of of every you know of being. I'm not necessarily Catholic. I'm not necessarily a Lutheran. I'm not necessarily um, Protestant. You can have bits and pieces of the application of the. You're talking about the the application of the ideal or the um, right. or the belief rather than the rather than the core of it itself. Yeah. But, and that's the same thing, you know, right? That's why I kind of bring this up is it, it's the same thing with politics, right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to 100% believe everything that this party stands for. You well, might believe 99.99% of it, or you, yeah. yeah. I know it's, it's kind of a, it's a weird right. thing for you for representing your party, but see what, what um, I was. No, no, no. I, 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 I get what you're saying. From my point of view, what I would say is, I don't find myself disagreeing with anything that our party is um, or or has done. However, there are times where I would like to. Um, where it would be good to uh, to move on something, right, and fight for something, but we have to be pragmatic about what we can well, achieve. It's it's the it's the implementation that is open to open yeah. to discussion, right? Yeah. So so um, we we just you know you have a certain amount of time, um, you have a certain amount of resources, 
and the, and this is a terrible thing to say, but at the end of the day, you sort of have to be devoted to your core constituency. So you really yes. have to fight hard for them and you have to look for things to get those votes in. So if you're going to do something, then you have to look at things that are achievable and you have to look at things that in the long run will get you back into office and potentially grow your voter base. And well, you have to be pragmatic about it. That's right. And, I mean, when you go into Parliament and there's some bills that come up or motions that come up that are, you know, clearly against um, your, you know, the, the values of the party for and, and don't really have anything to do with guns or, or fishing or farming, um, then you can vote against them. Or, and this is the interesting one, um, what you can do is choose not to go and vote for them. So when yes. they ring the bells for the house, and um, and you go down there and there's the vote, uh, even if you don't support the thing that the government is doing, in order to retain the relationship that you have with the government, because you don't want to be kicking the government all the time, you want to have some sort of working relationship so that you can uh -huh. achieve. Things. If something, if the opposition brings up something that, uh you may agree with more, but isn't 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 a, a sort of a hill to die on. Then you just you just stay in your office, and you let the vote go out there, and you don't be part of it. Well, we have uh, like in Congress here, you'll say we have so many yays, so many so many nays, and so many voted present. Yeah, they were there for the vote. They didn't vote either side. Well, the interesting thing about being in being voted into Parliament in New South Wales is you can pretty you can just not ever turn up. Like I know of politicians who uh, are you know who who turn up like half the time. Yeah, like they they don't they don't come in. Uh, and they're, they're, they're just lazy politicians. They go and, you know, as I like to say, um, <clears throat> kiss hands and shake babies. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, and they don't actually, they don't actually do very much to help their, uh, their electorate, uh, which is very sad. Um, and it, 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 not only is it, is it lazy, it's, it's like dereliction of duty in my opinion, but, when you when you're a little party like ours and you want to preserve a, a relationship with the with the part with the government, then you there are days that you pick not to vote, so to sort of to not to be there rather than vote against something. So uh, yeah, well, it, it, it's interesting because so for my day job, I do cybersecurity, and for this one company, I was I was pretty high up in in the management, mm -hmm. and my staff knows they, they know how I think they know whether I'm going to say yes or no to things. And, and every once in a while I'll surprise them. And they're like, why, why did you choose that decision? And mm -hmm. I'm like, I play, I played politics. I'm sorry. Normally I wouldn't do this, but ultimately it wasn't really bad, but, I had to play a game to get a greater good to move forward. Yeah, yeah. 
And and they would they they wouldn't agree with it. Like my wife goes, I don't know how you play politics. I'm like, I don't like doing it. I hate doing it. I hate playing politics. Yeah. I totally want to say, screw you. You're going to do this. Yeah. But, but to, for me to be effective in my job, I have to, I have to give a little bit. I have to, you know, take a little bit. And sometimes I'm going to skip a meeting. <laughs> right. Um, mm. it, 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 it's, it's the reason why they <clears throat> say it's playing politics. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, yeah. I was just looking at I was just looking at timer here. We've been running about an hour and twenty minutes, um, a- and we've been we've been all over the board. Um, and uh, it's been a great it's been a really great discussion. But uh, mm-hmm. so, Andy, how do people get a hold of of you, and how do they get a hold of your party? Um, just in case there's a couple of Australians here in the U.S. listening, or or a couple of Australians over there listening. Okay, well. Um- you can uh, you can find um, the Shooters, Fishers, and Farmers Party on um, Facebook, um, and if you want to email me, which is probably the best way of doing it, you can um, email me at um, andy.wood, That's all lowercase at parliament.nsw.gov.au. Okay, so Andy. So for everybody that's listening. Yeah. I'm going to get Andy to send me that and I'm going to put that into the description down below. So that way you can just kind of grab it right there. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I'll, say, I'll just say one more thing before, before we go off Absolutely. that. My, um, my specific role in parliament is to, um, I assist Robert Borzak, who's my boss. I do some speech writing. I do, uh, um, some research for him. I do sorts of arrangements and that sort of thing and a bit of um, media stuff. Um, but the other thing that I do is I help people who are struggling to retain their firearms licence or who are applying. Um, I have a contact within New South Wales Police who's connected to uh, firearms regulation and licensing. Um, if you're someone out there who... Uh, for one reason or another, has had their licence revoked um, and uh, or is trying to get their licence or has had it suspended for some reason, um, then uh, then please get in contact with me. Send me an email. Um, uh, write up what's happened and put your, your phone number in there. Unfortunately, I can only do this for New South Wales um, as uh, we're, I'm working in the, in the you know, state party. Um, but if you're in New South Wales and that's the problems that you have, and I know there are a lot of people out there, I'm going to say hurting because of this, um, then please contact me and, and I'll see what I can do for you. I can't make any promises, but we have had some success and we're trying to break the back of this um, uh, agenda that, the, that certain people within the New South Wales Firearms Registry and the New South Wales Police Executive have. Um, so that firearms licences continue, can continue to grow because there's lots of people that want to have them and are very safe to have them. Um, and, yeah, so so reach out if you're having those problems um, and um, we'll see what we can do for you. What I might end up telling you to do is give it a year or two and reapply, um, you know, straighten some things out in your life, or it might just be a case of jumping through the flaming hoops, as, as uh, they say, and going and seeing... Um, you might have to go and see a psychologist or you, 
might have to sort out some other things. Unfortunately, things they're making it unnecessarily hard, and but we want to help. So uh, get in contact with me, and and I'll try and help. Great. Well, since we've had a show that has been so heavy on all kinds of subjects, it's time to lighten up and have a little bit of fun. Okay. Um, so, so we're going to loosen up with a speed round. So I'm going to give you four this or that questions about firearms or ammunition yep. or accessories. And then one thinking question. Okay. So for your first question, for a holster, would you prefer leather or Kydex? Well, this is a this is a, a question which is not related to me whatsoever. I'm going to say leather, but uh, okay. I I don't shoot handguns, so I, I'll, I'll I know you're I know you're a rifle guy, but I have to throw yeah. a pistol question at you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it wouldn't be fun just asking you the stuff you really knew. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's right. I'd to, look, I'd love to have a, a handgun license, but the the requirements of having one here involve it's a lot tough. of attendances. So it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just, I don't have the time. For yeah. So um, let's see here. 308 or 65 Creedmoor? Yeah. Oh, 308. Um, do, do you want why? Go ahead. Go ahead, yeah, it's absolutely. Expensive yeah. to feed, um, and uh, there are much more guns out there. It has a bigger miplat, if that's the word, miplat. In other words, um, impact area um, yep. and heavier weights. And out to about 500, I don't think there's a great deal of difference. If you hunt, 308's better, in my opinion. Even well, and the thing is, is the, the nice thing about a 308 is that any company, well, just about any company gunsmith can turn it over to a 6.5 Creedmoor. It's just a barrel There's a lot of comments about man buns, right, um, and uh, la pumpkin lattes, okay, <laughs> and holding hands with other men um, that, in, that are mentioned when you talk about 6.5 Creedmoor. So um, <laughs> that's all the jokes my mates say. So, uh, yeah. oh, Look, nice. it's a but, and this is the big but, um, 260 Remington, right? And properly loaded in the right rifle, 6.5 by 55 any day of the week. Well, match and raise on the 6.5 Creedmoor. There you go. Awesome. That's that's the first argument I've heard that uh, where you brought up, an, uh, where someone brought up another caliber to out. I'll beat it. Like for me, I'm a I'm a three U eight. I'm looking at my ammo bench there. Uh, I have no six five Creedmoor. I don't even have a have, have a six five Creedmoor barrel. But um, I'm building a bold action, and I'm building it up three U eight. And somebody goes, "Well, what about six five? I go, "But I got three U eight sitting right there, <laughs> um, and I and I got a bunch of it. So why? I mean, yeah. If I if I was going out a little farther, maybe. But yeah, no, I get it. I like 308. Plus, 308's available everywhere. It is. It, this is it. And it's loaded to, uh, yeah, well, it's, it's flexible. But So the yeah. 6, 6.5 by 55 in the right action length, loaded like the Scandinavians loaded, is a smashing cartridge. Like they use it on they use it on Elg or Elg? 
which is ALG, I should say, which is a Scandinavian moose, of course. See, you, you see, I hear that and I hear elk. <laughs> we have elk. We have elk. Elk, ALG. I can't remember, but it's Scandinavian moose. There are yeah, it would be ALG. I think it's ALG. But... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let me think about this. Um, let me think of a rifle, another rifle one for you. Um, all right. So Woodstock or composite stock? Right. Uh, well, um, uh, look for for most uses. I'll, I'll make I'll make it I'll make it easier for you. I'll make it easier for you this because I, okay. I totally get. I, I know we're going to go on the uses. Let's just say that, that you you walk up to a table, and there's two identical rifles on that table. One has a woodstock, and one has composite stock. You're going to check both of them out. Which one do you reach for first? See, probably composite. And um, okay, if it's a hunting rifle, um, well, yeah, if it's a hunting rifle, composite. Like I, I sat and walked in fields um, where, when I got back, I unscrewed the barreled action from the stock and poured the water out of the stock. Um, yeah. And yeah. you know, when you're in the cold, or like I, I primarily buy um, stainless synthetic rifles now, um, and uh, I shoot, I like I shoot some some service rifle stuff. So it's sort of World War Two or early, actually earlier than that, um, sort of turn of the twentieth century, um, and that's all timber blued. Um, and I have you know some other timber blued rifles as well, but. Um, but given you know, unless the rifle has to be heavy, like unless it's like yeah. a safari rifle or something like that. But even that these days, like, uh, yeah. See, for, the for, for me, I, I can appreciate a really nice, fine woodstock. I I can appreciate it. Yeah. But me, I am hard on everything. Um, you know, I, I my cell phone. I put otter boxes on because I beat the crap out of everything. Um, I will go. Well, that's funny. I'll go with this. Mine, mine has a wood back on it. There you go. It's got the it's got the great wave on it. So, uh, but it's uh, yeah. That as as you can see, perhaps in the can I move this across the corner is smashed. Um, and the other thing yeah. which. I like it just it soaks up everything. It soaks water. It soaks yeah. Yeah. So it's um it's sorry I, I'm plugging something. I, I just I would reach I would reach for composite too just because for me I'm I'm a realist and I know that I'm going to beat the hell out of it and I feel yeah. really bad if I beat the hell out of a woodstock. Yeah. See, I, I have uh, one like the the varmint rifle that I've got um, came with a factory stock and and um it's just a little bit. It's just a bit bendy, but because of the yeah. because of the company it is, um, it's really hard to get synthetics uh, like replacement stocks for it. Um, and so, at some point down the road, I'm, I'll try and get a, a carbon made for it because it's an awesome rifle, but it's a bit heavy too. So, yeah. But a carbon stock here is like I don't know, twelve hundred dollars. Ouch. Anyway. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Uh -huh. I like a Macmillan. A Macmillan would be amazing. 
But um, yeah, yeah. Again, but still. in the next. <laughs> okay. <laughs> More questions. All right. Uh, let's see here. Stainless steel or blued? Yeah, uh, in my situation, stainless. Um, I'm exceptionally lazy. Uh, where I don't have to clean, I <laughs> yeah. don't. Um, I don't have black powder rifles exactly for that reason. Um, I'm pretty extremely time poor. I was even before I gave up teaching and went into politics. And so, um, and like you just come back and it, yeah, you, you just don't have to do the same amount of cleaning. So, uh, no, no, I, I get it. I totally, I hate cleaning guns. Um, there's uh, one of my three, uh, I was looking over there for it and I know it's in the safe. Like my 308 uh, AR, I was running, it's, it's, it's the gun I test products on because it's got a 16 inch barrel, a muzzle brake. Um, and I shoot, I'm looking at it right now, just the really cheap ammo out of it. Um, it's got a, a adjustable gas block that I got that thing all the way open. So it just slams everything. Um, but, um, I ran that thing on testing until the gun wouldn't run anymore. And then I finally cleaned it. Um, I, I just don't, <laughs> I just don't want, and, and I had to clean it. I had to clean it filming videos too. Cause the thing was jamming so much that I just, I, I just had to clean it out in the field, but I got about, um, I had about 750 rounds through that thing before I had to clean it. Um, and, and being, and having the gas block all the way open, it's sending all that gas into the action. So that action was just dirty. It was really good because I got to, I got to test a a new cleaning product and I tested it out in the field. Uh, I just sprayed that that thing down. Um, but no, I get, I get, I'm a little lazy on my cleaning as well. Um, all right. So for your thinking question, yeah. I'm going to take you to the world's largest armory. And inside this armory has anything that has ever thrown a projectile. It could be anything from Dennis the Menace's slingshot all the way up to one of the deck guns off the Missouri. <laughs> and it has been cleared by every possible government agency in the world. Did yeah. you get to walk off with one thing. What are you leaving with? Yeah, well, that's really hard. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I warned you. I warned you this was going to be a tough one. See, I, as I get older, and, and this is, uh, as I get older, I had all these crazy ideas um, about switch barrel guns when I was younger and, and that sort of thing. Um, but... As I get older, I realise that, like, sort of two things come into play. Um, most of the time, when when you're out, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't buy a target rifle, right? I I'm not that much of a target shooter. Um, I and and magnums, um, as you get older, they uh, are less and less friendly to the shoulder. <laughs> I've never been into magnums anyway. I've, uh, I've had my shoulder redone twice, my right shoulder redone yeah. twice. So, yeah. yeah. My, my boss has had both of his shoulders done, and he's had uh, 300 mags and, and 458s and 470s and some big stuff, and he's basically down to a 270 now. Um, uh, but 
you know, I, I, I'm, I don't shoot magnums. And well, honestly, if I was going to get something out of that, I would probably get um, a double rifle drilling. Um, okay. Yeah, um, something like a uh, like a Krygoff. Krygoff do uh, a thing. Um, so like, uh, and I'm, I'm like, what do I get? I'm, I'm trying to think. Maybe not a double rifle drilling. Maybe a standard drilling. But Krygoff do um, insert barrels. So you'd have like twelve gauge over seven by yep. seven by sixty five R, or I might just get thirty oh six or something like that. Um, uh, but with your insert barrels, you can get them in nine point three by seventy four R. So you could, you know, effectively change your um, your sort of standard hunting gun from a shotgun and, and rifle combo to a, uh, you know, buffalo gun. Yeah, you get, like, you get a lot of flexibility going that way. That's right. So, and, and, and that's what I love. Do that in the field. That's, you know? Yeah, that's what I love about this question um, is it makes you go, do I want to go practical? Or do I want to just have like my dream gun? And so funny watching people, uh, they they get into this question, and it's like some people go, "Well, do I get the ammo with it?" I'm like, "No, I'm giving you the gun. You got to feed it." And suddenly they go practical <laughs> with it. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I I I reload practically everything I shoot. The only thing I don't reload is two two three at the moment. I have the dies. Um, and I keep all the brass and, you know, resize it, tumble it, and I've got something like yep. a 1,000 cases of 223. But, um, uh, and of course I don't reload rimfire, but um, so reloading stuff doesn't scare me. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, that, that, would, uh, that would be, I think, the most fun. Um, but like I can't afford something like that. That's you're looking at between eight and ten thousand dollars Australian. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, well, that Andy, would just yeah, yeah. It, it it's it's a tough one. I, yeah, it's funny you say you keep the brass. I'm looking at a at a five gallon tub I have down there, full of all two two three uh, five five six brass. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and I looking over there, I have. A big ass, a big ass thing of of uh, fifty five grain bullets for it. Um, it's right now. It do, it's doesn't make sense to reload it, but with ammo prices going the way they are now, it might it might be time to reload that stuff. Uh, especially since I have the pri I have the you know, the powder, the primers, uh, the brass, and the bullets. It's just I, I've never done it, but it might it might become time soon. Um, just given uh, given the weirdness of the ammo. So, well, Andy, look, uh, it's getting close to dinner time here in Montana on Friday night, and it's getting close to lunchtime on Saturday in well, Australia. It's, it's uh, what they would call Smoko. It's a little after Smoko. Do you know what Smoko is? No. Smoko is morning, morning tea. Uh, so uh, if you're a tradie, so a tradesman, um, or, you know, that, that sort of worker, you know, 
Then at about 10 or 10.30, you head out and you have a cup of coffee and maybe a biscuit. Maybe you might have a, a pie or a sausage roll or something like that. And um, and so uh, that's called that's called smoke. Um, so it used to be the old smoke break. You go and have a cigarette and stuff. Yep. But uh, I've never been. Well, I have been a, a cigar smoker at times, but uh, I've never been a cigarette smoker. But yeah, so we still call that smoke here. So that's funny. You see, you learn yeah, everything. There's actually a song. Do. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, a song uh, by a sort of. Aussie sort of punk band, um, and I sent it to uh, a friend of mine in um, uh, in Portland, and it became very popular with uh, his company because the, the the lyrics are "I'm on Smoko, so leave me alone." Um, which is basically that the you know <laughs> don't interrupt me, I'm having a break, uh, and uh, yeah. Anyway, so out of, out of context, nonetheless. Well, anyway, anyway, Andy, it's great to get you back on. It sucks it's been uh, two years since mm. we got a chance to talk, but it's great catching up with you. I thank you for taking time out of your day to talk to us. Mate, it's it's always a pleasure. And uh, I always like um, talking with people who have sort of a, um, an open mind about shooting in, in other countries. Sometimes you speak to people, and, and I'm going to have to be careful, but... I find at times I speak to people in Britain and they are paranoid about saying things on social media or in other places yeah. that might get them in trouble with the authorities and, oh, we can't do that because it might upset the antis. Well, guess what? They're upset. Nothing's going to change. Um, and so I, I find this sort of, uh, how should I put it, some paranoia and, and the... Uh, the the habit of some people of criticizing the way that other people go about their lives, um, particularly when it comes to shooting, I think is not just short sighted, but it's it's a bit sad. Uh, yeah. To to come to the point where you think you can judge why people do things, though maybe you don't agree with them, uh, maybe that wouldn't work for you. Um, but uh, but we we all live different lives in the same way that we shouldn't judge Israel for the same for the things that they feel they need to do. That's so, yeah. So, cool. Well, you have a great rest of your day. Enjoy enjoy the start of, of your weekend. Um, since I just took up a couple of hours away from your family time or the oh, weekend, really, really it, do appreciate it, it, the time. Because it's January, like this is the time that everyone's um, off work. I'm, I, I'm actually working from home. And while I get a lot of things done working from home, it's much less stressful. It's much more my own hours. Uh, and one of the things I didn't address before is that um, there is no sort of no time. There's no time when you're not on the job in a sense. Yeah. Uh, on New Year's Eve, my, my boss uh, rang me out while I was in church and my phone was on silent, thankfully. But uh, uh, I came out and uh, and he was ringing me about the, the trip we were going to do in northern New South Wales. Um, just to check on on some details, and things always come out at, at different times. When we're not in Parliament, things can be very chilled and, and very easy, but at other times it, it can be flat out. So, at, at the moment, I'm doing holiday things with my family, even though I'm I'm, I'm working from home. So uh, that's one of the, one of the great things. 
I just need to make sure that I don't sort of cross, um, yeah, the, that I don't do other things when I'm actually supposed to be working. So that's it's like anything you, you just fill in one hour, hour with another hour, but um, yeah, well, that's that's like me. I, I'm here in Montana. The rest of my team, including my boss, is in Florida. So I work oh. I work remote, and it's like yeah, it's I you get your job done. And, um, you know, when it's playtime, it's playtime. When it's work time, it's work time. Just, yeah, just that's it. Yeah. What you need. Yeah. So, and it just, Actually, it just happened to be the. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm in Parliament when Parliament sits. So, when Parliament sits, I go and I stay with my parents in Sydney and uh, I go into Parliament each day, which is usually Monday to Thursday. And then when it's not sitting, I'm, I'm here for the week at home. So, uh, yeah. Anyway. Awesome. So, hmm. Well, you have a great rest of your weekend, and uh, thank you again for coming on. Uh, mate, it's always a pleasure. I'm uh, always happy to chat about things, and um, and thank you very much for inviting me. It was great catching up with Andy. It's been what, two years since he's been on the podcast, and we kind of talk a little bit on social media, but not a lot. He's a really nice guy, and really, if you are in Australia, especially um, New South Wales, and you're having problems with your firearms licenses, Definitely check out Andy. I got the links down below for you and drop him a line and see what he can do for you. Andy's a lot like me. We just want people into our sport. We want to enjoy our sport safely and responsibly. And um, he's really fighting for the rights in Australia for people to keep their firearms. Now, the reason why I really like talking to Andy is that you get to find out that, well, the problems we have here in the States exist elsewhere. We don't think about where they exist, you know, you know, the problems and, and all that stuff that happens elsewhere. You know, we all have the same problems. We all fight the same battle to keep our sport going. Now we do have some social differences between countries, but ultimately we want everybody to enjoy this sport so that's why I like getting Andy on. And if you like the work that I do here, please consider supporting me for free by shopping my affiliate links and banners at www.trb.fyi. You go to Partners and Discounts and you go over there, just click on the website. It'll take you right over there, do your shopping, and a little bit of your purchase will come back to me to continue to bring you content. It's not going to cost you one penny more. That's right. You're supporting me for free to bring you the content that you're looking for. Now, for the product of the podcast, it is the Falco D905. This is the holster that I got for wintertime here in Montana. And uh, I have this thing set up. This is really nice, nice leather straps. Got Kydex on either side here. Got Kydex for the holster, Kydex for the counterbalance. And um, I really love this holster. He's got a great draw to it. And, um, you know, I got this one for my Breda 92. Now, I don't have my regular pants on. For you, those of you watching here, I was out snowblowing, so I kind of got my, my PJs on here. So this is not hooked into my belt. But check this out. That's not even hooked into my belt. And it's got a great draw to it. Really love this holster. Definitely go check it out. Got a link down below. And use the checkout code BANSHEE. It'll save 10% and you'll support me 
bringing you the additional content because that link is an affiliate link. Definitely go check this thing out. Awesome holster. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, click that video right there. That video is how to rebuild a Glock, basically put everything back together. For everybody else, there's a link down below. Thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe out there and look forward to talking to you again soon.